What, which, this, that, or the other? From Bonnaroo to Coachella, traversing the music festival landscape can be tricky. That's where we come in with high fives for everyone. The What Podcast with Brad, Barry, Lord Taco, dedicated to exploring the entire festival scene. Brad has worked in the radio industry for more than 20 years and currently lives in Brooklyn, where he is program director for three stations, including one in New York, one in Detroit, and one in Miami. Barry's been a reporter for the Chattanooga Times Free Press, covering all aspects of the entertainment industry since 1987. That's before you were born. Lord Taco, the smart guy who makes these podcasts on our website at thewhatpodcast.com work. Also really good at identifying babies, loves blue-haired moms, PBR, and his beautiful Volkswagen bus. We all fell in love with the Bonnaroo Festival years ago, not only because of the amazing bands that play there every year, but also because of the incredible community spirit that has developed around it. Radiate positivity. And we really like talking about the inside baseball stuff when it comes to putting on a huge music festival. So join us. You can hear the What Podcast on the Consequence Podcast Network or anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to Going There, the crossroads where music and mental health meet. Presented by the Consequence Podcast Network and Sound Mind Live, this series is made possible by the fine folks at Janssen Pharmaceutical Companies of Johnson & Johnson. Today we are talking with Taylor Rice of Local Natives. Local Natives is an L.A.-based indie rock band that's been making fantastic music over the past decade. In 2019, Local Natives released a full-length album, Violet Street, and in 2020 released a new EP called Sour Lemon. And their music is frequently described as being dreamy and rich with beautiful harmonies. In our conversation, we're going to be talking about the not-so-dreamy feelings of anxiety and depression. So I want to give a warning we will be talking about mental health issues that may be uncomfortable or triggering. On the Going There podcast, our goal is to provide a safe place where artists can talk about the difficult topic of mental illness. And we're hoping that by listening to these conversations, you as the listener will feel more validated in your own struggles with mental health. And through these in-depth discussions, we can learn from each other, challenge the stigma of mental illness, come out of the darkness, and get the care we need. Now, because of the pandemic, one of the most common stressors that people are experiencing is loss. Maybe we've lost loved ones, or our job, or we've just lost the ability to see our friends or do what we love to do. During our conversation, Taylor talks about the different stressors he is experiencing during the pandemic and how they have impacted his emotional health and well-being and caused him to experience anxiety and depression. So let's go there and listen to what Taylor has to say. So, Taylor, thanks for coming on the Going There podcast. Yeah, of course. Thank you very much for having me. So we were talking a little bit beforehand about some of the issues that are happening with a lot of people in terms of their mental health, which is the effect of COVID and quarantine. And you were talking about how the stress of all of that was starting to affect you. So why don't we start there? Yeah, I I haven't personally struggled a lot with mental illness or health, like deeply, you know what I mean? Like everyone gets super stressed out. I've, I've certainly had lots of periods in my life like that. But I would say quarantine is the first time I really have, you know, been ex exposed to these a little bit deeper ruts of anxiety. And then, you know, even feeling at times like, whoa, is this 
depression, like sort of feeling sapped of, of motivation and, and things like that. It's, it's just been a complex, crazy, crazy time. I am a, uh, a new father. My, my son turns one, uh, actually on the 27th of this month. So he was about three months when lockdown started. So that, that's been a huge, you know, just adjustment for, for myself and my family. We kind of went like we had a whole world tour booked and that got ripped away. And so, you know, music was kind of taken away and then combined with sleep deprivation, all these things. It's, it's just been a roller coaster. Well, look, congratulations on the new child. You know, that could have done it mental health wise (laughs) right away. Uh, (laughs) Let's, let's talk about all those things and how they're coming together because there's so many different ways that the current world situation, particularly with COVID can undermine our mental health. And I guess, you know, from your perspective, what do you feel like were the main things that were either added stress-wise or taken away enjoyment-wise that are starting to, you know, kind of undermine your sense of, hey, everything's okay? Sure. Yeah. Well, I guess maybe I'll start with like the global thought and then it could go more to the personal, but just reflecting on this and as everybody has talking about it endlessly with, you know, your friends and everything, I think it's so, so many of our basic tenants of humanity have been ripped away from us because of the pandemic. So, you know, the very obvious thing of if you do go out on a walk or to pick up food to go, uh, you know, whatever, and you see a human being out in the street coming towards you, there is a feeling of fear. And just living in a social, we're so social, and being afraid of every single stranger on the street that you pass is a layer that is just so not, you know, built into humans at all. And then of course it has to go with like even friends and family to some extent, right? Like depending on how bubbled or quarantined you are, my family has been pretty locked down. I mean, we, we try and we, we've only occasionally kind of successfully said everyone really quarantined, let's get together. We did like one trip with friends. We've seen family a couple times but most of the experience is not that. So I just think that's like this grading experience that's so un, unhuman uh, that is one of the like tension builds on the psyche. And then the other global one, I don't know if this is primal or if this is modern human, but having so little clarity and so little ability to predict the future to just live in a state of unknowing. I do not know, I don't know anything. I don't know what like next month is gonna look like. I don't know what my life is gonna look like in three months. We don't really know in six months, like living in that place of, of not knowing also is really crazy. I just think for all humanity, you could tell me if you think, if, if you're just like, you're nodding. So I don't know if you agree, those are pretty like, I feel like those are kind of universal experiences parts of the experience of this. Well, you know, we have this very interesting relationship with the future where on the one hand, the future can be such a source of security like this, you know, like I work and I save money in part because of my faith that I will have a future where in theory I could retire or be more comfortable. And I do things for my kids as you will now for the same reason. And so there's there's a certain sense of 
purpose that comes from the future on the one hand, but on the other hand, the future for a lot of people can be the source of pain because you are evaluating yourself based on some perceived future outcome that you may or may not have control over. And that causes you to come out of focusing on the here and now. And so I think that a lot of people, just like you're saying, are having to reevaluate, like, what, what's my relationship with the future now? Because mm-hmm. it doesn't feel very good. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, totally. And I guess so personally, like I have been on a path since ever since graduating college, my band Local Natives, there are these massive cycles where we kind of have like a tour for a year and a half. And then we make a record for a year and things are really like planned out in advance. Like I really have a sense. And like I said, our world tour got canceled and it's still on my phone for some reason. So it'll be like, you should be in, you know, like Italy tomorrow. And I don't know why we got to delete that calendar because it's not helpful. (laughs) But those are like some broader things. And then I think more, a couple of like things that I'm working through now, finally, like one of the, one of the things is kind of so obvious and so stupid and silly, but has been so profound for me is I've always been an athlete and I've always been really physical and really active, played sports like my whole childhood, my whole life. And then playing shows is like an athletic endeavor uh, to an extent as well. And this is the least that I've exercised. I realized since I was 12 years old, it's the most like sedentary that I've been. And that's just taken a huge toll on my uh, mental health and on my sleep and just, you know, pure like release. That's, that's really been something that I'm finally like in the last like, couple of weeks shifting out of and, and starting to just make it a priority. But I'd kind of got sucked into a cycle of just, just not doing it, you know, not having the kind of self motivation for it. Yeah. And, and, you know, you're talking about there's a virtuous cycle that can happen where, and I don't mean virtuous in the moral sense, but in the like, you know, you get a good night's sleep, you eat healthy food, you exercise, you really exert yourself, you're able to be productive in the things that you care about, you're able to connect with loved ones. And then at the end of the day, you're like, oh, it was a pretty good day. And, and you're tired from it because you exerted yourself in all the right ways and you fulfilled yourself in all the right ways. And now all of a sudden there's this vicious cycle that starts where, you know, you wake up and it's like, oh, it's not as easy to exercise. I can't, like you said, walk up to people. Uh, I'm not, you know, I had this concert that I was doing. Uh, This kind of feels kind of crappy and I don't know, I don't feel that great about myself. And now all of a sudden you don't sleep as well. And then the next day you're like, well, now I don't have as much energy. So I'm definitely not all that interested in doing those things. And the weight's starting to come on me. And like you said, I mean, this has been going on for months now. And I think Mm -hmm. people are really starting to feel the weight about not having those more virtuous, productive, purpose-driven cycles in their life. Yeah, totally. Exactly. And I, and I think that those layers really build up and it kind of, yeah, instead of having these peaks and valleys and, you know, your first kind of like description you know, maybe like optimistic of, of like a perfect day or something, but yeah, you just, it gets like static, you know, you don't have those like ups and downs in your, in your body that you kind of need. Yeah. And then uh, to the fatherhood side, 
it's funny because it, it has been the biggest silver lining for sure. And the like, the one like solid consistent thing is I've really loved fatherhood and been, you know, I think lucky too. I know not everybody has that experience in the first year or, or it can be really hard and it has been, but being a father and like spending time with my son has been like life giving and energy giving and really awesome. And I think that really sustained me just even that for like many months of, of lockdown. But then, yeah, just more of those kind of like layers building on layers of the other stuff. It, it sort of wasn't enough to like buoy my spirit alone. You know, you can't, you can't live off of that. I've kind of realized, but yeah, being a new father, it's like no joke. And it's funny because the first my wife and I both went through this. So we both travel a lot for work. In the first three months of my son's life, we were both working. We we're both like flying around and taking turns and tagging in and out. And it felt great. And we felt like superhuman. We felt like, holy shit, like, you know, we can do it all. Like we can be these parents and still work. And it was just like flowing and going great. And then having that ripped away from both of us, like kind of our work identity in life really made this thing of like being stay at home parents. And there's like such unlimited work with that. And being a creative, it's like nuts, you know? <laughs> like I haven't had a, a real job for so long. And as you will know, being a father yourself, there is so much work involved and it's really like a crazy spiritual mental some kind of like zen practice to be able to do all of the just work required to like have a child so that's that's been an intense situation as well but there's nothing wrong with being even tempered I, I think that's a wonderful thing for those who are and those who want to aspire to it but we need those intensities you know and yeah. i think that that is one of the things I think, you know, you're talking about being a parent is I don't know to what extent like people are prepared for the intensities that come along with that. You know, it's like it all the like humongous ups and downs and it, but yet it becomes very complicated intersecting that if you will, with COVID, because again, like just those basic things that make, you know, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to go in a stroller and take my kid out, meet other parents and stuff like that. And I, I, our kids are a little bit older. And so it's, it, I can't imagine what it must be like, like you're saying to have those instincts to go do that. And then she's like, Nope, Nope, Nope. Can't do it. Can't do it. You know, mm -hmm. where do you get your, where do you get your highs in it? Right. I'm good with the highs and the lows, you know, like I've chosen this job where you get this crazy adrenaline rush every night on tour. And, you know, I'm like diving into the audience and people clap at the end of the job, you know, like it's, and I feel totally lucky for that experience. That's kind of like been my experience is this like insane adrenaline rush constantly. So I'm good with the spikes. Like the hard part is the like day in day out aspect to life. And I've just, I mean, I'll just say I've, I've never had more respect. Like I've intellectually known for at least like 10 years. I think I didn't know until I was, you know, 20 or something, but that being a stay at home parent is like the most insane. I just have so much respect for it. And it's so hard and like so much harder at any job. You can go like 
to the bathroom. You know, you can go take a break for like a second. Like there's no other job uh, like being a stay-at-home parent. So I've, I've just really had a lot of, grown a lot of respect for, for that. Well, and yeah, you're right. And it's, I'll, I'll echo that. And if you're a, a homemaker, it's just never done. And the grind of that, I agree with you, is just so unbelievably brutal. Now, one of the things, you know, talking about the highs and lows, and we were talking a little bit beforehand about just start new experience, some anxiety in all of this. What, what do you feel like when things are going great for you versus like how you feel in terms of stress, anxiety, during this period because because the anxiety or the stress manifests very differently for different people and so i'm just kind of curious for you like like how how is that registering with you for me like i my parents divorced when i was about 12 and it was like not a good divorce and i was even kind of at from that age the one like mediating a lot of stuff mediating holidays and you know time and kind of trying to make everybody feel good so i have this like deep pattern of wanting to make sure everybody else is good and feeling okay and not having a ton of like immediate self introspection i kind of glaze it over like i'm fine i just need to you know make sure every everything else is okay so i didn't really realize it like it's it sneaks up on me and it did sneak up on me during this period. And I kind of didn't realize it until it was like, oh, wow, like I'm really, man, I've been tired for a long time. You know, I'm like not sleeping well. Like I'm trying to sleep and my sleep's really suffering. And I'm also, I'm used to that. Cause like on tour, it's really hard to sleep cause it's, it sucks being on a tour bus. So again, kind of was like, well, but I'm home and I'm like still not sleeping, you know? I think I noticed it in, in like, yeah, a little bit of like a lethargy, like an uh, emotional kind of sap. Like I'm usually pretty like high energy and pretty excited. I'm pretty excited to, I'm like super like extroverted and social. And yeah, I had never really felt like a little bit of a, of a malaise, you know, just a low level kind of like creeping in there. Like, I don't feel like doing much right now. I just never really felt that that feeling before. Yeah. You know, one of the things that's, that's tough in, in our families of origin is that we're, we're so good as kids up until we're adults in figuring out, all right, like, how do I stay connected to this? How do I make this work? And it's not necessarily always conscious, but it's like, and if I need to suppress my emotions and be the peacemaker here, then then that's what I'm going to do because that's, that's what is on some level best for us in terms of our development is just staying connected to our families because that's that's kind of a primary thing but then sometimes we take those very same patterns into other situations where maybe it's not necessarily the best thing to do mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden we got something that is is a little bit trickier because in in earlier situations this was working great it you know it took a toll on me but everything stayed together now all of a sudden it's taking a toll on me but it's not necessarily helping anything and that, that can be really rough for people. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is something that I went through recently in that realization where I was like, I'm, I'm trying to keep the wheels on like our family experience and being this new family with this new child and like really focus on that. And there's all these stresses or stresses financially, you know, are we, you know, lost 
all of our incomes and and there's stresses with the being the new parent and there's stresses with like keeping safe and it it only dawned on me like pretty recently that actually in the ways that I was trying to just stay so laser focused on that and not like giving myself the space for like the exercise for spending more quality time with like my best friends and my inner circle, just giving myself those outlets, I was actually doing a disservice to my ability to bring my best to my family or to my creativity, you know, for that matter as well. And absolutely that, that like, that has been a huge part of my pattern over, over this, this time of being locked down. And I'm, I mean, I'm really still in it. It's just like very recently kind of did have those realizations and I do feel like the plane is like pulling up now, you know, we've been going down and, and so there's some turbulence, but, but the plane's uh, headed up. You know, this thing that you're talking about is something that's so, I, I think, tricky because, you know, the only real authentic and vital thing we have to offer the world is ourselves, you know, is like our unique us, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so much of, of what we do socially is based on on a implicit social contract which is that you know if you're here i'm kind of assuming you're here based on the premise that you want to be here that you're happy to be here that this is a good exchange for you and if we start doing things out of obligation without necessarily then taking care of ourselves we're we're doing it for the right reasons it's like you're saying with your with your family like oh i want to keep the you know, keep everything going, keep the wheels from falling off. But what winds up happening, like you said, is that we we don't get to contribute the most important thing we have, which is like our authentic connection to, to being in that moment and being in that situation, because we're spending so much time making sure that everything's okay for everybody else. Mm-hmm. Yep. Caught in the grind, caught, caught in the wheels, just churning around uselessly in a circle, doing nothing. <laughs> another 24 hour chunk useless god these (laughs) words are all resonating with me (laughs) useless slogging there's been some useless slogging man i mean i imagine that i'm not the only one that's been doing a little useless slogging out there let us since the term useless slogging is obviously about to become you know very huge in the world based on this conversation what does useless slogging actually mean let us let us define the aforementioned term. Oh, um, I mean, since you're the since you're the the originator of this movement, I feel the like coin, you should, the coiner of the term. You're going to get a quarter every time someone says it. Oh, sweet. Yeah, I think uh, it's encapsulating just referencing what you were talking to about not bringing your personal essence, and that that comes from sort of like denying, you know, yourself certain outlets and and not being on the peaks and the valleys. So just that the culmination of like our whole conversation, I guess, yeah, I would look back at it as like kind of going through these motions then of what I thought was like, I have this checklist of stuff that needs to get done and I'm just going to do it, but there's no vitality in it. You know, you are, you're missing like the purpose from it. And it's like that list, like, yeah, some of that stuff on that list is super important. Like we got to like, know, you know, how we're going to like, pay the next thing or the taxes do have to get paid or whatever. But like in general, like a lot of that time kind of 
without the vitality of it, you are just missing being able to really be connected to the presence of life. And if you're disconnected from that, then you've kind of like lost, I think, the plot a little bit. Like you gotta find a way to get to get connected to it. And I and I, yeah. So I would look at useless slogging as time in which I was not able to sort of be like vitally connected as you coined to your essence, bringing your essence to to life. You know. So we're we're talking about the exercise, talking about the social stuff, and obviously, you know, kind of the the elephant in the room, the low hanging fruit for somebody like you is your creativity, right? As, as an opportunity to, to break out of that slog. And, you know, as we said before, when there's some people who, you know, are creative for fun, it's, it may be easier to just continue on with that. You know, you like playing a little piano, you like playing a little guitar and you can keep doing that. But when you've done it on such a level as you have, sometimes it might be hard to transition into a, a plan B. And so I'm kind of curious for you, how, if at all, do you keep your creativity going during this time? Yeah, for me, um, it really is more of I have to follow the muse and be in, in, in the moment and have that kind of like young, naive, like magical childlike connection to creativity. I can't really just like clock in and clock out without being there. So my relationship to it, to creativity during this time, absolutely has, has ridden the roller coaster um, in, all, in the way of all these other things. But for me, it is super therapeutic. And I have a piano in my studio for the first time. Uh, I've never had a piano before, and I'm, I mostly play guitar and, and write music on guitar. But there is some crazy shit. <laughs> I haven't talked about like, the outside world. This is being recorded while Biden like has one, but the media hasn't called it and, and Trump's refusing it. And hopefully by the time anybody listens to this, it's like all dealt with, but holy shit, man, you know, like it's so crazy out there and you, we're all kind of secluded and like locked up, but like aware of what's happening on a national level and having this piano and just writing all these really sad songs has been so awesome for me. And yeah, really therapeutic. And I just think I, I hit my head against the wall when I, ha when I turn it into the job. And when I'm like, I need to finish this song or X songs in this time, or I need to whatever, that like doesn't yield anything like fantastic for me. So I, I really use it as, as an outlet. And it's, it's been really great for me during this time. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the things that's so tough, I think, for people when it comes to exercise, creativity, um, you know, seeing people is what is that balance of, you know, trying to, trying to, trying to come from a place of, this is something that I just love to do and I want it to be organic and something that I have to, you know, like you said, kind of, it's like, I need to do. And, you know, sometimes the, the need to do can be helpful if you still make sure that the organic part is there. For somebody like yourself with the music, that may just not work because we're talking about like a different level of creativity. Like there's gotta be that inspirational spark. But, you know, maybe for people who aren't professional musicians who are still looking to get a little bit of that buzz from music, you know, maybe it would be good to say like, look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna practice my guitar for you know 15 minutes 
at this time, you know, just to, just to stay connected. And then you can, if, if, if you want to pick it up a different time, you know, that might work as well. Um, right. But it's, it's tough to balance that, I think, for people. Yeah, for, for sure. And I think I do, I do have to have like some scheduling around it. You know, I can't, I can't, I'm not just like wandering the woods, reading poetry until I feel like writing a song, you know, for sure. But yeah, I think that really does make sense to like have it as a groove in your mind. Like I want a connection to this, I, I think can be super helpful. So speaking of which, you know, pivoting on that, this, this issue is one of the things that I have found the most difficult about parenthood. You know, you're a new parent. And one of the things that, that I feel like is, is a very difficult struggle, and it's made even more complicated by COVID, is that you want everything that you do in parenting to, to come from that place of love, you know, to come from that place of, I'm just excited to see you, let's go do something. And yet, so much of what you have to do does not conform to that process. You know, so much of it is like, they have to go down for bed at this time. They have to have, you know, eat at this time. You know, they have to be changed. They have to this, that. And, you know, in some ways, like, I think that there are so many people who start off just super excited. You know, we got, we're together and, and we, we have a kid and this is great. And then talk about useless slog. Like, it's just like, oh my God, how did this just become such a, I'm doing this and I'm doing this and, ugh you know, kind of a vibe. Yeah, I think I just have to like really acknowledge like the the real privileged life that I have led being a musician, having that be a full-time job and the experience of then having a child for me. And, you know, we're still, he's about to turn one. <laughs> so maybe once you have like two or three children and they're a lot older, like I'm sure, you know, it like, it raises to crazy and crazy levels. But kind of the like, the magic of like seeing him grow every day and like what he does and like almost like any interaction with him i'm like holy shit this like blows my mind like i'm still really connected to that in this like awesome way that i feel really lucky about outside of that like white like scrubbing the floor from the oatmeal that he like got on the ground for the like hundredth day in a row, that's the thing that like grinds on my mind. That's, that's hard for me to do. And I just, I haven't had to do that type of thing before. And it is this practice of like, whoa, what is that feeling inside my body? Like I'm just cleaning up after my son's meal, but I have this resistance inside me to doing it. I'm sick of this, <laughs> you know, like, like a brat, <laughs> you know, like even saying it out loud, it's kind of funny, but the internal experience of that type of thing has has been really interesting for me. That's been where the struggle has has lied. Yeah, there, there's there's no parent out there who's listening to that saying that there's anything funny or unusual about it. We're all just like sitting with our heads bowed and like, yeah, yeah, that's our life. You know? Yeah, it's so nuts. It's like such a crazy dividing line, you know, truly. And um, I am like still that like annoying type of like you should have children like I'm fully aware that you should never do that and how fucked up that is to say but I like also there's a part of me that like doesn't care and can't help it because I think it's so great and I think you should do it but like man it's a different like you're on the other line of something you know like the kind of amount of 
routine, that type of stuff that you do is really like at another level. And it's all like manageable and stuff, but it it is just like you're in another dimension. Yeah, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, and I, I, I didn't plan on this, but now that you were talking about the cycle of touring, I actually feel like it's not radically different with the parenting. It's like you you spend, oh, really? yeah, well, like, I, I, I mean, I think that at least my experience of it, and I, you know, I, I love my kids and I love my wife, I love my family, but I don't, I don't get a lot of joy out of it in the classic sense because I, I, I view it very much as like, you know, like a, like a responsibility. One, one that I, that I very much want, like I, I enjoy for lack of better saying, or I find it fulfilling to experience the responsibility of being a parent more than I experience the fun of being a parent, mm-hmm. whatever that says about me or is going to do to my kids as, as they get older. Uh-huh. But the, the, but like one of the things that, that I really resonate with from what you were saying just now and about touring is it is, it's like, it's like you spend the majority of your day doing these very mundane things, you know, like, you know, it's like you, you set up your gear and you do your, you know, your, your tests so that you, you, you know, do whatever you have to talk to press. Like I was like, and, but then you get those two hours of like, awesome. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I kind of feel, and now that you're saying it, like, I kind of feel like parenting is like that, you know, the majority right. of our day is spent, you know, do they you know like, look, I, I don't want to overdo it. Cause I like what I do for work. So I don't, mm-hmm. I don't really see it, but it's, you know, it's, it's still work and, you know, but it's like, you know, you get up and you gotta, you know, you gotta do work and you gotta take care of things in the house and you gotta manage all the relationships, but you do it so that you get those you know, couple of hours and who knows when it's going to come where it's like, okay, this was awesome, you know? And right. unfortunately like magic lift off. Yeah. Like floating thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I think, unfortunately, one of the things that's, that's happening though, is that for a lot of people this is what we were saying before, a lot of those magic things happened in a, in a, in a different way pre COVID. Like, so the magic for me was like, yeah. And like, I work and like, whatever. And I, I tell my kids like, you know, clean your room and like, you know, brush your teeth and do your homework and blah, blah, blah. But mm-hmm. then we get those few hours to go to a show together right. or we get to watch TV together or we get to, you know, or, you know, we'll, we'll do like fun exercise together. And, and to me, that makes it all worth it. But mm-hmm. now, and I have those, I have that long history of doing that with my kids, but for you as a, as a new parent or for people out there who are new parents, like, I guess I just would sort of like empathize with the fact that, oh man, like this is right when you're starting to, to be able to do that stuff. And now it's not there as much. That sucks. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, but when they're babies, you know, like at least for me, the magic comes in sitting on the living room floor, you know, like I, I get lift off from that place because they're younger and like that's all you know whatever like making a new look or a new sound you're in that zone where you're like oh my god made a new sound it's like mind-blowing you know so that is like the one upshot of it but if this goes on for seven more years and like my son's seven and I like can't take him out then I'm like not you know one of the things that is so funny and I thought I thought was one of my funniest experiences as a parent is when you're at a, at a sporting event and it's particularly for little league, it's like, if the pitcher throws the ball over the plate, if the batter hits it, if it's fielded and thrown to first and the first baseman catches it, everybody erupts. 
Like it's the greatest thing that they've ever seen. It doesn't matter like who it was a hit. It doesn't matter to me. You're like, and everybody's screaming. They're like, this is real baseball. This is yeah. real. Can you believe it? And, yeah. and it's that like moment where when you see your kids doing something that again, feels quote unquote real. Like it's not just like, oh my God, look how cute they are. It, it's like, oh my God, that's like mind blowing. Like there's, it's just, I don't know what it is even, but every time I'm at a game, it's the exact same thing. That's People amazing. I love that. People yeah. like erupt. <laughs> they erupt in glee that that parenting has worked out for them. Yeah, totally. I know it is a weird thing. You like get, you do get like back in touch that the mundane can be really magical. That is like the the blessing, I think, of it. Well, yeah, and it's that's to you know maybe to 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 kind of close out. I mean, I think that just what you said is such a good take home, especially for this COVID time. Is I guess it's like two things. It's it's number one potentially like how can you pay attention to things that might feel mundane, but there's something in there, even if it's not pure magic, but it's like oh this is this is still kind of cool you know, and I can notice that it's kind of cool. But then there's also the second part about like, how do you make these more mundane times, you know, more magical? And this is obviously assuming you're lucky enough for it to be mundane, you have money and a place to live and right. people aren't sick or, you know, whatever. But it's, it's, I think that that's exactly, you know, kind of what I'm taking away to a certain degree from what you're saying, because I, I think that there's so much that we just naturally rely on for, these organic connections that at a time like this, you know, we may have to direct it a little bit, you know, in a way that wouldn't feel natural, but I think it's worth it for this time to help us get through. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I agree. Well, it's been great talking to you, man. Yeah, uh, man. Really appreciate you taking the time. Very grateful. I appreciate your insights. It's a lot of stuff. I know it's a lot of stuff I'm going to walk away from thinking about, and I, I look forward to, Hopefully get a chance to talk to you another time and seeing you guys back out touring, making music. Absolutely. Yeah. No, thank you, man. It's good to exercise the the demons and, you know, hope to God that it doesn't just sound like, uh, I don't want to hear about how sh shitty quarantine is. I know hopefully it feels cathartic and therapeutic <laughs> listening to it, but yeah, it was, it was a pleasure chatting with you about it. Appreciate All right, it. Man. Best of luck with everything. Congratulations on the kid. Thanks, man. You too. Take it easy. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. So there it is. Taylor Rice of Local Natives talking about anxiety and depression as a result of the pandemic. One of the things that Taylor talked about that I felt was so poignant was looking at his calendar and seeing events that he had planned and feeling the loss of not being able to participate in those events because of the pandemic. Many of us are feeling that loss and are perhaps so focused on just moving ahead, getting through each day, that we don't take the time to really acknowledge and even mourn the loss of the life that we were hoping to have over the past several months. And he describes getting into that pattern of what he calls useless slogging, where we can go on autopilot, not really paying attention to what we are feeling or how we're doing. And this is noble for sure. Anything we can do to safely make it through this time is a win. But if we ignore, suppress, or avoid our feelings, they can build up and express themselves in anxiety and depression. And I think Taylor's concept of a small group, getting people together specifically to connect and perhaps talk about feelings and struggles during this time, is an excellent idea. Remember, during the pandemic, 
Just as we take care of our physical and financial well-being, we need to make sure that we are taking care of our emotional and social health as well. I want to thank the Consequence Podcast Network and Sound Mind Live for including me in this wonderful project, which is sponsored by Janssen Pharmaceutical Companies of Johnson & Johnson. And thanks to Pete Wilson and the Rooks for letting us use their song, I Know. If you are struggling with anxiety, depression, or addiction and are looking for help, please call the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration National Helpline at 1-800-622-4357. And if you're thinking about harming yourself and want to seek help, please contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. You may also go to the Sound Mind Live and Consequence of Sound websites for more information. So be healthy, be safe, and be kind to yourselves and others. See you next time at the Crossroads. Consequence Podcast Network.